I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rose? Where we're going, we don't need Rose. No. I am your father. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello, hello, hello again. We're starting all over again. It is after the ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And I mean that both literally and metaphorically. Metaphorically, we're starting all over again because we're back. It's been a long time. We've been on a bit of a hiatus, uh, literally, because uh, we just started recording this a few minutes ago, only to find out that only two seconds of it went out live and then it died. And we were talking for a couple of minutes and not recording. So that's always fun. Uh, but now we're back. We're back both ways. We're back recording. Yeah, it's how we are. We've got all the skills, the technical know-how to just not get it quite right. Through things but- Right but we deleted screen. it and started again. So hello, yeah. hello, yeah. viewers, listeners. It's been a while. How it has been. And uh, if you're watching this uh, or listening to this, then we thank you for sticking around. Uh, we know it's been a long time since we've been away. Uh, life gets in the way sometimes. There's been a few things that were going on. Uh, we've had to take a few breaks before in the past. But uh, as always, we come back. Uh, you can't get rid of us, actually. Uh, I don't know if that's good or bad. But it is well, what it is. You don't need a cream to get rid of us. So that's uh, <laughs> kind of good that is, that uh, is. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us uh, or those of you who've forgotten we do after the ending where we pick a film and we go we just we discuss talk about what happens after the events of that film but obviously films which uh, do not have sequels already right uh, and then we'll also talk about other things bits and pieces but that's the gist of it we go after the ending the clue is in the title there you go And uh, this is our first episode. We're going to try a new format, actually, a little bit with our after the ending. You know, um, typically what happens is Phil and I, we write out these complicated endings that go in all different crazy directions. um, And we prep them and we spend hours working on them. And then we come in here and we record them and it sounds all polished. And that's great. And it's fun. It's a lot of work. and It's very time consuming. And so sometimes when we were getting ready to relaunch, it would be like, oh, I don't have time this week because I don't have time to do all the prep work that it takes. So we thought, you know, maybe if we can eliminate some of that maybe then we can get to recording a little bit more often um, because we're just both kind of swamped lately. Um, so we're going to try it a little bit differently. We're going to try a little bit more of a um, an ad-libbed kind of on-the-spot kind of approach to taking our after the endings and see what happens. So this is the first time we're doing it. We're going to workshop it. It could be a complete train wreck. I just want you guys to know <laughs> that. Um, if you're if you're expecting the 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 usual polished Phil and Mike, which let's be honest has never been all that polished, um, you you might be disappointed. It could be awesome. I don't really know. Um, it's 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 anybody's guess. At yeah, this point. but we're gonna yeah, find. It could be yeah, it could be absolutely amazing. It could be mediocre, mm-hmm. or it could be just a lot of us going. Hmm. Right. Ah. Right. Yeah. I hope it's not that. I think I'm going to say I'm going to lean towards it being a step above mediocre, but maybe not quite so totally amazing, at least not the first time. Like, I feel like we could get there, but it's probably going to take a little practice, I think. But I think we're, we're snappy enough. We're, you know, we've done this enough times. We kind of we can we can hit above mediocre, I feel like. I, I like that. I want, that should be another T-shirt idea. Wear a step above mediocre. Like <laughs> yes, one of the classic... Uh, uh after the ending t-shirt ideas that uh we someday will actually have produced but hasn't happened yet so try the fish 
I look at our t-shirts are kind of similar. I just realized we both have like these sort of, you know, arched sayings across the top of our t-shirts. What are, what are you wearing? What do you got? Uh, Fancy women from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Nice. All right. I got, uh, Oh, I'm your Huckleberry. Tombstone. Yes. That's a good design. Um, I like it. Yeah. Thank you. So it's a new one. I may have done a little Friday, uh, black, uh, black Friday shopping for some new t-shirts. So I, I've stocked up on, uh, semi-obscure design movie t-shirts which i'm pretty excited about yeah uh, for those of you watching us live on facebook if you leave a comment on this video that you're watching it will pop up for us to see so we can you can interact we can you can get some dialogue going with us and if we like it and if it's clean uh, we can put it up on the screen in front of us uh, so everybody can see it mm -hmm. and we'll read it out as well for those of you listening at a later date on a podcast yeah yeah We'll do, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll interact with you uh, the best way that we can, which is pretty fun. Um, so, Phil, uh, let's get into it then. Why don't you go ahead and tell people what we're going to be talking about in tonight's episode? Yes, we're going to be going after the ending of 1994's uh, True Lies, directed by James Cameron and starring uh, a little-known actor from Austria. Uh, uh, the reason we're doing that is because the film is finally getting a nice 4K Blu-ray uh, release in... March next year, so it seemed like a good time to do it. And then we'll be talking about our top five films that we've watched this year, which didn't come out this year. Basically, the first films we've never seen before, which could come out from the beginning of film to now, but we've only just got around to seeing them this year. Right. right. And then we'll be doing our usual recommendations. Right. So yeah, that could be like anything film related. Or it could be video game related books. Could be anything. It doesn't have to be film related. It can be anything that's been floating our boat. Right. Um, and so for that top five, I call it our top five new old movies. Uh, basically, it's old movies that are new to us. Um, so they can't have come out in 2023 because those will be on our top 10 list at the end of the year, which we'll do in early January. Um, but so these are movies that we've watched this year for the first time that we've never seen before. Um, and it should be a fun way to talk about some movies that probably have never come up on the show before or have come up very little. Occasionally, there are ones that come up that one of us has seen and the other one has not. So yeah, um, so that should be fun. Um, okay, so True Lies. Let's get into it then. Uh, we'll uh, Let's talk a little bit about what happens first, then we can share some opinions, and then we'll get into our after the ending. So True Lies, I'm going to keep my synopsis pretty short because most of you guys have seen it. It's a James Cameron film starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Arnold plays Harry Tasker. He is a spy posing as a salesman for a business company. Um, he's always off on business trips, but in reality, he works for Omega Sector, a counterterrorism agency. Um, when he finds out that his wife, Helen, wants some adventure in her life, he sets up a fake spy mission for her, but it gets mixed up with a real spy mission, sort of, and they get kidnapped. She gets taken away. There's a big explosion on a bridge. He saves her. She finds out he's really a spy. Then their daughter, um, her name is Dana, gets kidnapped by one of the terrorists. They end up fighting on a jet. He saves the girl. He blows up a helicopter, takes out all the terrorists, and saves the day. At the end of the movie, it's a year later, Harry and Helen are dancing at a big fancy party, and it turns out they are both now secret agents, and she has become a secret agent alongside him, and they are about to start their next mission. And that is the nuts and bolts of True Lies. How did I do, Phil? Does that work? It did very well. It also involves a, uh, a dance. Yes, uh, a lot of dancing. Oh. Yes, a Amy the Curtis dance. Yeah. Uh, no, very good. It's got a good cast, good uh, action scenes. Uh, nice. It was a nice spin on 
the uh, the old James Bond kind of spy. Right, right. So let me ask you this. So are you a True Lies fan? I am a very big True Lies fan. I liked it from the first time I saw it. I, I watched it again early this year because I think it, it came on streaming. Uh, and I watched it, and it had been years since I'd last seen it, and I really enjoyed it. It's still... It still holds up good story. Uh, the action sequences still hold up because James Cameron, you know, he really likes to make sure things are done as as well as they can be using the technology at the time. And it does. And it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Very, he's he's just in the zone with this one. It just it just fits very well. Uh, and a great supporting cast. Bill Paxton, of course. Uh, yeah. What about you? You know, I'm as big a James Cameron fan as you will find, and I think True Lies might be my least favorite James Cameron movie. I don't dislike it, um, yeah. but I've never loved it. There's always something missing for me, and I've never been able to put my finger on what it is. Like, on, on the surface level, it should all work, right? Like, it's well shot. The action scenes are great. I love Schwarzenegger. It's got some humor. Like, there's really nothing about it that doesn't work. Yet, whenever I watch it, I go... Yeah, that was all right. Like, that was pretty good. It never gets me excited. It's not one of those, like, I've seen every James Cameron movie practically, you know, multiple times. I think I've seen True Lies, like, twice, you know, like, once it came out. And then I watched it a couple of years ago, so it's not like I just haven't seen it in a long time. And I still felt the same way about it. Um, and I don't know why. I don't know what it is about it that just sort of leaves me a little bit cold. It's okay. I don't dislike it. It's just yeah. it's not a favorite for me. No, no, you mean. I do, I do find there's a point about three quarters of the way through. I think when I, everything sort of kicking up a notch for the action where kind of it's not quite as interesting as the earlier stuff with the whole you know the moving around pretending to yeah, be the family right. guy and that kind of right. stuff right. i think the early part is it's based on a french film as well in 1991 french film called la totale which i've never seen i always keep meaning to right I've not yet seen it so i'd like to do do a comparison of the two things which would be interesting so if anybody's yeah. out there seeing the the original on which the film's based let us know what you think how do they uh, compare you know, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with this. I don't have this problem with it, but I do always find it funny. Mark Kermode, one of my favorite film critics, he's always like, the problem with True Lies is that, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger is supposed to be secretly a spy, but he's the least surprising guy on the planet to actually be a spy. Like, when yeah. you find out he's a spy, you're like, well, of course he is. Look at him. He's Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, like a secret agent. You know, it would have been, been much more effective if they picked somebody who didn't look like they were built to be a secret agent. I always thought that was a pretty good point, but it doesn't really bother me. I just think it's funny. Yeah, it would have made more sense if Bill Paxton had been the actual right, real right, spy. Yeah, um, exactly. Arnie had been in the uh, the car salesman pretending to be the spy. Wasn't right, right, exactly. Yeah. But all right, uh, well, like you said, it is coming out next year. Now it's interesting because because True Lies is one of those movies people don't even realize it's only on DVD. It's not even available on Blu-ray yet because James Cameron is uh, famously. Um, picky about his home video releases and making sure everything is the the best quality it can be so uh true lies uh and the abyss both have only ever been on dvd they're both coming out on 4k and blu-ray uh next year which is very exciting so uh, i will re be watching it on 4k when it comes out and you know just because it has been a couple of years now since i rewatched it and I'll, I'll see if my opinion uh changes any at that point i can't wait to see the abyss though for 4k yeah. I introduced my daughter to the abyss i think last year and we had to watch the the dvd from the two disc special edition because it's all that's available and the streaming version that was out i think is just the regular cut not the direct yeah, yeah, cut. Yeah. and it was like it's such an amazing movie but watching it on dvd it just like tears out my soul because it's just so like the picture quality for a movie like that is so painful to watch so i can't wait to see that on 4k yeah and it doesn't help because we have the really good tvs now or projectors yep. 
Yeah, it really, it really enhances just how mundane some of the DVD. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's dive into this after the ending and see how it goes. This is our, our again, for those of you just joining us, this is our first attempt of this new format. We're going to sort of after the ending, true lies on the fly. Uh, we have not prepared. Um, endings. And honestly, if I'm being honest, maybe I should have thought at least I could have said like, oh, let me think about a few things, some talking points. Didn't even do that. I thought I decided to kind of go with the spirit of it and just really <laughs> go on the fly. So um, Phil, let me ask you, do you have any questions about the end after the ending you would like answered to start with? Do you have a question that you would like to see answered? Okay. Well, at the end, we see uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Arnold Schwarzenegger's characters sort of on a mission doing like a, you know, in a, a fancy soiree, they're doing a dance, they've got eyes on the, the targets and things. Right. So I was wondering, do you think they would carry on doing actual live missions, getting into danger, having fights, gunfights, saving the world, or would they end up becoming more like semi-retired uh, training people or doing observation stuff as opposed to going all-out kick-ass kind of thing? That is a good question. Um, I think, here's what I think would happen. I think they would go on a handful of missions together. I think they'd have a great time. I think they have a lot of romance, a lot of steamy stuff going mm -hmm. on. They'd save the world a few times. And then eventually, I think they decide they want to have a family. And so they start trying to have a family. And then Jamie Lee Curtis, Helen, would get pregnant. And then she, at the very least, would come out of the field. And I suspect, perhaps... Harry might also do the same because, you know, he doesn't want to leave her without a, a you know, leave the kid without a father. And then yeah. they might move into training the next generation of Omega Sector. They, they, they do have the daughter, Eliza Dushku's character already. Right, as the daughter, right. they don't know. Well, maybe they decide she needs a younger sister. I completely, I knew that she had a daughter. I just said that. But yeah. okay, let's, so let's say though they decide, or okay, maybe she gets accidentally pregnant then. Not accidentally, you okay. know. In the course of their romance, things get yeah. a little bit, you know, slip away from them a bit and oh, surprise pregnancy. Well, obviously, she would have to come out of the field at that point. Uh, mm -hmm. So let's say that I'm going to change it. I'll say she comes out of the field. But now that Dana is older, she'll be home to help kind of maybe take care of the baby a little bit, too. That sounds awfully 1950s. I don't mean it that way. I just mean like <laughs> you have an older sibling. They help take care of the kids sometimes so that she can focus on that. But then Harry doesn't have to come out of the field. So he's going to stay in the field. She might step out if she gets if she gets pregnant. Yeah, because that's the thing. I was I was surprised she ended up going on missions because uh, this was the events in the film were the first time she's got involved. So all the training and stuff to get up to speed, uh, you know, would be kind of rushed. So I I can imagine them doing like lots of low level things like that, uh, observing. I think it's mainly going to be observing things and, and stepping back. But I, I also wondered whether the daughter uh, Eliza Dushku's character would would end up getting involved in the whole True Lies kind of uh, Omega, Omega section. But there's also there's the recent TV show, wasn't there, with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger? He wasn't in the show, I don't believe. It was other... No, no it was, there was the total... Uh, the, the True Lies show, which was related. Oh, oh. There's that other one he did. He was in. Yeah, which is... What was that called? Fubar? Fubar, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fubar, I thought yeah. There was a True Lies show on CBS yeah. also that didn't seem to go anywhere. Mm. Um, although it looked good from the trailer, but I didn't see it. So I watched a few of them. That was good. But that in, in that one, he had a daughter as well, who she'd actually gone off and done. Right. She, she lied him in, in Fubar, where she she was a secret agent as he was as well. But right. He didn't know at the time. Did this? Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that I think Dana 
the daughter does not go into secret agenting. I think she is not traumatized by what happens with the, the terrorist kidnapper, but enough to be like, yeah, no, that's not for me, right? I don't need to be hanging off of jets and stuff. Like, you guys, you go ahead. I'll see you at Christmas when I'm home from college, right? And then I think she goes off to college, and then she starts dating a guy who is secretly a secret agent, and it starts the whole true lies cycle over again. That's what and I think. Goes, it's happening again. No, yeah. I, I think like when they did Father of the Bride, the second one, right? The second Father <laughs> of the Bride, you know, it'd be like this. It would be like that she would be sort of one of the main characters dating a guy who's a secret agent. And then like Harry and Helen suspect that this guy's a secret agent, but he's for a different agency. So they're trying to suss it out and figure out whether this guy is really a secret agent or not. And it's a whole big comedy of errors. In the meantime, things are blowing up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's trying no, to like get cover, so he's trying to make it look like he's not involved in saving things. But secretly, this guy that she's dating, who would be played by, let's say, Tom Holland, um, he would be like secretly trying, like you know, kicking things in the right direction, or like secretly like jamming a signal without them knowing about it to try to preserve his cover. So it'd be a I whole like big comedy slash action extravaganza. Oh, I like that. I like that. No, I, I was thinking of more like uh, Donna. She'd end up going to get involved in the film business. She'd either be a, a writer director. Right, and she'd be uh, doing uh, action movies, or she'd become a stunt person. I like uh, that because of the events, uh, the events she'd seen, and but she'd do, she'd probably be involved in a series of films based on some of her dad's exploits, which she couldn't go into too much detail. Well, mm -hmm. she'd have to change the names and locations because of, uh, you know, the whole military secrets and things. But right. uh, that's what I, I think she'd end up doing. Yeah, I like that idea. So what she could do is be like, Dad. Get, tell me about one of your like recent missions and then she, he could tell her and then she would like write the script for that and like direct the movie and it'd be like oh dana tasker has done it again another action spectacular how does she do it and secretly she's just filming versions of of harry and helen's adventures and also some of her films would be would always like the uh, globe trotting films and harry would go with her mm -hmm. while she's filming and that would also be cover for him to be in the different places there you go and that can make for some fun set pieces where it's like something that's in the movie is mirroring what's happening in real life, right? You could do like yeah. this screen of like Harry, like doing like a Mission Impossible type of heist. And then the guy, the actor in the film doing it while they're filming at the same time. And there's like parallels, you know? Yeah, that would that be would really that would fun. Work. But like what that. about, uh, what do you think would happen to Bill Paxton's character then? We see him as a waiter and he gets mm -hmm. scared again by Arnie's character. What eventually happens to, to his character? That's a good question. Uh, let me throw it back to you. Do you have any thoughts on what happens to his character? I think he ends up, you know, doing jobs like this. He lost his business because he just lost all confidence. So he's no longer a used car salesman. But he's, he goes around, he's working as a wine waiter, silver service, things like that. But he ends up uh, getting approached by a woman who says that she's involved, you know, it's national security and she needs his help uh, to, you know, to do, to, you know, to save the world and stuff. And he's going, this, no, this is, this can't be right. This is what I do. But she carries on. He starts believing it because she's absolutely stunning and he's just a sleaze. So he just goes, well, yeah, okay. Maybe, you know, I am that good and stuff. And he basically ends up becoming a drug mule for the mob. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's what happens with him. And he ends up getting worse and worse for him. It goes on. That's fair. That's fair. I think I feel like, let me, I'm trying to think, like, he's not a good guy. By any stretch, but he's not a bad. I mean, he's kind of a bad guy, but not a super bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna go in a different direction. I'm gonna say, you know, he's at that dance with Harry and Helen. He's trying to. He's telling people he's a spy, but he's not really. They scare him off, and he runs away. Right. I'm gonna say that after that, 
he has an epiphany. He has a come to Jesus moment. And he says, I need to change my wicked ways, right? I, I have been a bad person. I need to atone. I need to become a better person. So I think he goes on like a mission of personal discovery, right? Maybe he goes on like a retreat or something like that. And he comes out of it. And I think what he does is he goes online and becomes like a new age guru for some <laughs> sort of like made up product, right? It's going to be like banana powder. It's going to cleanse your soul and it's going to help. He's going to cure 47 diseases. And so he's sort of like a snake oil salesman, yeah, but he yeah. believes in it. And it's like what he's selling isn't really bad. It's like, kind of like a Gwyneth Paltrow goop kind of thing, right? Like he's promoting sort of like this healthy lifestyle and these products that may or may not work. You know what I mean? But he's like trying to help people in his own sort of semi-sleazy way still. Like, like not sleazy, but not like, you know, he's not really going, he's not going out there and building like houses for the homeless or like, you know, missionary yeah. in Africa, but he is doing something positive with his life, even if it's kind of like, well, there's other better things he could be doing, but could be worse. That's, that's no, what that's I, good. that's good. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, one thought I did have though, because there was during the events of it when they're on the Florida Keys, one of the warheads though, because it involves nuclear warheads, one of them does actually go off, doesn't it? Yes, it does. There's a big explosion. So basically there's a nuclear explosion in the Florida Keys. Right, but it's an uninhabited island or something like that. I think yeah. like people get off of it or something. It doesn't kill anybody, as I recall. But there's going to be creatures there, such as you know, uh, maybe crocodiles, lizards, okay. and things. So what I'm thinking, this is like way out there. So it's never been seen before in film or TV or animated stuff. Um, what if? What if? Remember, it's not been done before. What if the radiation mutated a lizard until it got bigger and bigger and bigger and had some kind of atomic breath, and we right. call it something like Godzilla? Oh, you know, I'm sorry, you know, you've got an excuse then for Arnold Schwarzenegger to fight Godzilla <laughs> in the sequel. I mean, listen, I'll, I'll watch that movie all day long and twice on Sunday. So I'm I'm down for that. I think that's a great way to a little, you know, a little take the move, the movie, the franchise in a different direction. Right. Yeah. Because no, you always want to, you know, mix things up and go bigger. And yeah. it was a nuclear explosion. So theoretically, looking at what's going on with Godzilla, because there's a few Godzilla films coming out now. Right. Uh, you know, I think that could be a winner. So, James Cameron, we know you're watching. <laughs> Get on that. Arnie <laughs> versus Godzilla. I like Come it. Come on, Jim. You can do it. All right. <laughs> all right. Cool. All right. I like all those ideas. Any any other things you want to know or uh, anything you want to bring up? I think, we, I think we covered some of the big main topics there. I'm pretty happy with our after the endings there. What do you think, Phil? Anything no, else? I, I like, yeah, I like the endings as well. I just, I think the whole, it's a shame that nothing more was done with it back in the day, to be honest, because the whole um, Omega, I keep thinking of uh, Star Wars: The Bad Batch, Omega. So, so the Omega sect, sector they work for that that whole CIA special forces thing. I would have liked to have seen more of that. You could have had spin-offs and, and sure. all kinds of stuff. It would have yeah. been a, a good setup. It would have been nice if they just done a bit more with it. Yeah, yeah, can't argue with that. I mean, I think it would have been. It could have easily been a franchise. It was a very successful film. They could have followed up with a film with the two of them being secret agents. And you know, I, I feel like even though I don't love the first one, a lot of times the franchises, you know, you get different levels of films. Some are great, some are not so great. Maybe a sequel with the two of them together might have been Gangbusters, one of my favorite films. You yeah, know? yeah. I guess yeah. We'll, we'll never know, but uh, I could, I could definitely have seen more movies in this. But you know, James Cameron likes to take seven to twelve years between movies sometimes. So. <laughs> He certainly does. He certainly does. It could yeah. have been, he could have done like a Fast and Furious thing, no, kept going and just kept adding more different people right. and different right. agents yeah. around the world and things right. like that. Yeah. And then Arnold would go, family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> family. <laughs> family. 
All right. All right. Good. Well, there you go. Those are our new formatted after the endings for um, True Lies. I'm pretty happy with how that turned out. I thought we both kind of came up with some interesting ideas. So I hope you guys enjoyed that as well. Let us know what you think in the comments or via any other, you know, you know how to communicate with us. You don't need us to tell you. You know all the deals. Um, yeah. So down, let us know what you think. Let us know if you enjoy that. Also, let us know, are you looking forward to the, the Blu-ray releases on March 12th? Yes. For the Abyss, True Lies, and Aliens. Uh, Absolutely. Is Titanic already out on 4K? Yeah, it just came out this week, actually. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Uh, they're all linked. They're all part of the James Cameron uh, shared universe. Yeah. Right. Film. <laughs> all right. All right. Very good. Okay. So that is our after the ending portion of the show. Now it is time to move on to our patented top five lists. By patented, I mean they're not patented at all. We are definitely not the first show to have a couple of middle-aged guys talking about movies and putting it in a list format um that said, <laughs> that said we're gonna do it anyway because we always do them people like them we like them uh and this is our top five new old movies um so basically the rule here was just a movie that we watched in 2023 that was new to us but did not come out in 2023 something that had been out previously and we had never seen before um as always phil did you have any um kind of Rules or constraints when you're putting your list together? Anything that kind of drove you? Uh, no, basically what you've just said. That was the thing. If I've not seen it before, it was yep. uh, that would fit. Uh, a couple of the ones which I on the short list, I was I couldn't quite remember if I'd seen them before or not, so I just left them out if it was if I had any doubt. Right. Because uh, early on when we were recording, it started the year. I had been talking about trying to watch a film every yes. day. And I've been tracking it because you've been posting it on social media. So I've been curious to yeah. sort of um, to check in with you and see how it's going. Because I see that you're like, you still need a good like 50, 60 yeah. movies to finish out the year. Uh, so what see, are you, are you the, going to do so much? The, the issue was I was doing really well at the start of the year and the middle of the year. Right. And I remember you saying you can end up having burnout doing this. Yeah. It wasn't burnout. It's just for my birthday, my brother got me a PS5. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine a PlayStation 5 would suck up a lot of your time. Yeah, and then it was like uh, there was Cyberpunk 2077 and other games. Right. And I'm going, I want to watch the films a day, but I'm playing the games and they're, yep. and they're like one big film anyway, and they're amazing. So that was it. So there was a bit of a hiccup. I keep trying right. to get back on track. I don't think I'm going to do it. Okay. But it's, it's been hard. good. It's been good. I have seen a lot more films than I would have in sure. previous years, which has been nice. Yeah. Well, I um, for those of you and for those of you who may not know, back a couple of years ago, um, back in twenty, it was last year, uh, twenty twenty two, I decided to try and watch three hundred and sixty five films in three hundred and sixty five days, and I did succeed. Actually, because I got COVID twice, I ended up blowing past three sixty five. I did like four hundred and ten, um, but then I got burned out. It was a lot. Like it became kind of a slog where I was like, must watch a movie, um, and not that I don't usually watch a couple hundred films anyway, but I just checked and I'm at two fifty for the year, which is a much more normal pace for me. I usually end up somewhere in the mid 200s you know um so trying but but if you think about it if i normally watch you know in the mid 200s going from that to 365 that's an extra 100 movies in a year that's a lot you know it's mo most people don't even watch 100 movies in a year you know um so it's a lot of extra so that's why it's it's you know i'm not i'm I can understand where, especially having gotten the PlayStation, that would be tough to, to finish it. But you know what? Here's the thing. There's no prize for watching. Yeah, yeah, that. it's just a purely uh, an intellectual right. pursuit. Yeah, it was an interesting exercise, which I'll never do again. Yeah. Um, 
So I'm on 317. I've watched 217 films right. so far. There you go. So yeah, I, I my only rules, um, I didn't have any rules. I would say my one thing I sort of decided on was like there was a couple of movies that I watched that came out like last year. Yeah, which I still yeah. considered like, do I put this on? But it felt that felt a little bit not the spirit of the list in a way to me. Do you know what I'm saying? I kind of went with movies that have been out at least a few years, and some of them are actually downright old. Um, just because I felt like I don't know why. It felt like a movie that came out in 2021 or 2022 kind of seemed like, well, we might have talked about that a little while ago. So I kind of tried to pick slightly older movies than that. That was sort of my only rule when I made my list. Yeah. That, yeah. Makes, sense. that makes sense. Yeah. I think a few minor from like the mid 2000s. But, uh... Right. That, that's, yeah. I have some from that era too, actually. In fact, I have one from 2018. Um, but anything like super recent, like 2022, it just kind of seemed like, eh, like a cheat almost. I don't know why. It just did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, do you want to go first then? Absolutely. So, um, all right, my my number five. Uh, it could have been my number one. I'm not going to lie. And there's a reason it made it to number five. Um, why it landed at number five. But it is from 2018, and it is called The Velocipastor. Oh, yeah. Um, it, is <laughs> a, it, it is a super low-budget movie about a pastor who turns into a velociraptor um, and starts killing criminals. Now, here's the thing. I didn't know a lot about this movie. I had heard about it and I wanted to see it just because of nothing else. That's such a great title. And I figured it's gonna be like this cheesy, low budget, you know, B movie, B horror movie type of thing. Right. Um, you know, and so, you know, it was with some friends who were at an event and we put it on. Have you seen it? I've not seen it. I've seen the trailer though. I know about it though. It does look good. Well, here's the thing. What I did not realize is it is effectively a comedy of sorts. It is, it is, it takes every bad movie trope and then does them on purpose mm -hmm. and what really clued me in what I, right off the bat there's a scene where the pastor um comes out of his church and his parents are across the street standing next to a car and they're waving at him and the car explodes but you don't see the car exploding uh and they cut to him going no and they <laughs> come back to where the parents were standing and it literally says vfx shot of car burning with sound effects of a burning car and it's like oh like this is a bad movie that's a parody of bad movies like it's supposed to be this way and as you keep watching it further and further it gets funnier and funnier because it's clearly not trying to be a good movie at all and it's really playing into the bad movie thing by making fun of all of the things you see in bad movies there's like boom microphones coming in on <laughs> there's like dialogue that is so bad that it's funny because of the way it's written you and you know it's all intentional and that's what makes it so brilliant um and, and like the special effects if you want to call it that of him as this velociraptor are just like super horrible um but again on purpose like you you have to watch this movie recognizing what it is but if you watch it and you're not laughing the whole way through you're watching it wrong is effectively what i'm going to say oh fantastic um, yeah, it's amazing it was made for like 35 grand there's nobody famous in it at all um it's it's it is just a an absolute like tour de force of craziness, and I loved every single minute of it. Minute oh. of it. it is uh, the Velocipastor. Can't recommend it highly enough. But just make sure you know what you're getting into when you watch it. Okay, yeah, that's uh, I like. I do. I like the sound of it anyway. But going that way, I like that even more because it's it's a tricky thing to do to make yeah. something deliberately bad but also funny. Right, but they pull so, it off. Yeah, yeah. It's. I think there is. There was talk of a sequel as well because I think mm. it did. A, I think it did okay. Yeah, it definitely I mean, made more money than what it cost because yeah. it cost so yeah. little. 
Yeah, so uh be interesting, but I'll try and track that down. I think it's I'm not sure where it's streaming, but I'll try and uh, I'll try streaming and here at least when we watched it. I highly recommend watching with a few friends. It, it is much funnier, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's a good social movie because you'll just all be laughing in disbelief. I mean, like, I can't believe they just did this, this thing they just did. It's it's amazing, I'm telling you. Cool. Oh, that's definitely on my list to watch. Okay. Well, my first, my number five is a film from 1962. It's mm. set on the Korean War and it's called War Hunt. Okay. It stars uh, John Saxon and Robert Redford. Oh, I love John Saxon. Love Robert Redford. Never heard of this movie at all. Yeah. It's also the uh, the film debuts of Sidney Pollack and Tom Skerritt. Wow. And this was the first major role for uh, Robert Redford. But it's uh, basically. Uh, Robert Redford is a playing a private Loomis, and he goes to uh, he's shipped out to Korea at this camp, where he's introduced to some of the men. And one of the uh, one of the men is uh, played by John Saxon. is sort of alone, and he does he just hey, sits there during the day and sleeps. And he, get, he gets so sent out to to uh, he gets sent out. John Saxon goes out in the evening by himself, and then comes back, and it turns out he's going out on a He's going out and basically killing the enemies, which mm. is massacring them. And it's basically he's he's like a serial killer. And Robert Redford keeps going, This is this is wrong. We can't be doing this. I know he's he's killing the enemy as as it's you know, he's he's on mission, but what he's doing is wrong and the way he's doing it, it's it's just terrible. Wow. But because all of the his sergeants and everybody says, No, it's great, he's doing he's doing our job for him. Right. And basically about uh Robert Redford's character trying to stop this or trying to help uh, John Saxon's character, but he's called Private Loomis, and I was wondering whether John Carpenter sort of used this as a bit of a basis or an idea for right. Halloween because it's about a guy going out slashing and killing people. Right. But it's really good. It's uh, it's a bit different for these for one of those war movies. It's a bit dark. It's a bit bit creepy john saxon's great in it well everybody's really good in it but you just see lots of people you go and who you recognize but it's well worth checking out i saw it it was actually some it was uploaded on youtube because hmm. uh i'm not sure whether it's after the so many years they can put things yeah. on but it, right it, it might still be there i've not checked but it's it's worth hunting down if you've not seen it it's called war hunt from 1962 and directed by dennis sanders hmm. very cool i've never heard of it so i'm gonna have to check that out because uh, I like both of those actors very much. All right, good choice, good choice. Uh, okay, my number four is uh, you know look, it's it's we're back. It's it's after the ending. We got to do a few classics, right? So we got to hit yeah. some high notes, play the hits, as they say. Um, so my number four is a tie. Got to have at least one tie, hey. right? Um, and I what did it as a tie um, because it's my two sort of uh, most like classic films, right? Um, the rest of mine are a little bit newer, but I had two sort of good like big name Hollywood classics that I had never seen before. Um, and I did watch last year for the first time. So, um, and we've talked about them. I believe they've come up. I've just never actually watched them start to finish. I think both of them were in that category. I've, I've seen pieces of it type of movie, right? Um, my first, the first one is 1950s Sunset Boulevard starring Gloria Swanson and William Holden. Yeah, classic. Yes, it is. And the other one is Magnificent Seven starring uh, Steve McQueen and Yul Brynner. Um, and had one of the most amazing film scores of all time by Elmer Bernstein. Um, and again, 
pieces of them, familiar with them, knew all about them, never actually watched them start to finish until recently. Uh, Sunset Boulevard, absolutely loved it. It's a stone-cold classic. Gloria Swanson is just delightfully unhinged. William Holden's amazing. The the story is great. The classic ending scene with I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille, uh, just utterly fantastic. Uh, I was blown away by it. Didn't It was so much better than I expected it to be. Uh, Magnificent Seven, I mean, it's just a big, rousing Western. It's got that great music. It's got all these great people in the cast. Um, who am I forgetting? Besides uh, Yul Brynner and Steve McQueen, there's... Uh, James Coburn. James Coburn, thank you very much. Uh, Charles Bronson, Eli Wallach, Robert Vaughn, um, you know, a lot of great people in it. And um, it's just so much fun, and it's just big and sweeping and epic and, like, great action and I, I know even if you're not a huge western fan i'm not a huge western fan but uh it's it's there's a reason why it's a, like a household name movie right because it's phenomenal um so yeah so sunset boulevard magnificent seven i'm sure a lot of people are like i've seen that movie a million times or i watched that movie when i was a kid well i never got around to them completely now i have love them both big wins really? both good films i i rewatched uh, sunset boulevard this year yeah it's amazing it's such a dark film as well yeah uh, and um, Magnificent Seven, I've not seen that in a good few years, so I'm about to re-watch that. So. Yeah, definitely yeah, worth it. I'm glad you finally got to see them. Thank you. Okay, my number four is a film from 2019. Okay. And it's uh, it's called Cold Brook. Um, called what? Again? It's written on It's called Cold Brook. Okay. okay. Cold Brook, as in the stream. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, written and directed by William Fickner. Ah. Who, he also stars in it alongside Kim Coates. Mm -hmm. uh, William Fickner, I do like him. Yes. He's great in anything he's in. Yep. If uh, you're not sure who he is, you will have seen him, but he's at the start of The Dark Knight when the Joker's robbing the bank. William Fickner's the guy, the bank manager who comes up with the shotgun. But anything he's in, he's brilliant. But this one, he's a bit, he's often plays like the tough guy or, you know, the guy in the suit who knows what's going on. Right. You don't want to mess with this one. He, Him and Kim Coates are basically uh, handymen on a college campus. They work in a museum there. And as they're, they just, it's basically them just having drinks with the friends, going paintballing in the woods, doing stuff around there, getting up to some hijinks. Uh, they're both married, uh, but they keep seeing this this guy uh, standing there looking at one of the one of the exhibits. The guy, the guy's played by Harold Perrineau, and yeah. basically as it, as it goes on, there's something they realise something's not quite. It's a bit weird, all to do with the Civil War and uh, the the past of America. And as it goes on, it gets a bit weird. It's a bit strange. It's basically like Field of Dreams uh, kind of vibe, uh, but it doesn't have the same budget or baseball. But it's – I won't go into any more details, but it's really good. I was really surprised. Uh, it's not the it's not the best film. Again, I think it's good, but it's really well acted. It's got a great cast who have put a lot of heart into it. And by the end of it, I was getting a bit emotional going, oh, whoa, this is – but it's, right. it's worth checking out. Uh if you don't enjoy it, that's fine. But uh, I did. That's cold, bro. That's on, I think it's, I saw it on Prime Video. So it's oh, still on. Definitely. Yeah, that's my list. It sounds great. I love William Fickner. love Kim Coates. Uh, I even like Harold Perrino. But I've never – I think I've heard of that one, actually. I had never seen it. But I've definitely – I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so good to know that it's worth watching. I'll track that down. All right. I like it. Um, okay. So my number three film – I keep I put the list on my phone. That was a mistake because my phone keeps shutting off and I keep having <laughs> it every time, which is super annoying. Um, also, I had to get up and let my dogs out, which is why I disappeared halfway through. Ah, okay. 
uh, thing. And I'll have to let them in in a minute probably too. So if you guys who are watching the video as opposed to just listening see me disappearing off camera, that's why. I guess I could turn the camera off for a minute, but it feels like then you still can't see me. So what's the big difference if you know? <laughs> but they're a pain. If I don't let them in, they're going to make a bunch of noise and that's going to interrupt our recording. We don't need that. Um, so my number three is going to make you very happy, Phil. Okay. Are you intrigued now? I am. What is it? It's a film you really like. We've okay. talked about it many times. I've never mm -hmm. seen it. It came out in 2006. And you control, I think it is, it has two big stars in it. Um, written by a guy who is, how would I describe him? Very famous among cinephiles, not a household name like a Steven Spielberg type, but anybody who's like a movie movie fan loves this guy as a writer. Oh, I've gone blank. I can't think. <laughs> oh, I can't. All right. It is. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Oh, of course, yes. I remember you saying when you watched it, yeah. Yes, uh, yes. which actually came out in 2005. For those of you listening who were like, that didn't come out in 2006. Uh, I don't have my glasses on, so I thought it said 2006. It's 2005, uh, Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, starring Val Kilmer, Robert Downey Jr., and written by Shane Black, um, who wrote like Lethal Weapon and Predator and all these other great movies. Um, and I know you're a big fan of it, Phil. We've talked about it a few times on the show. It's yeah, yeah. Really it, was very, it may have been your number one for 2005, but it was definitely in your top 10 list for 2005. Um, and it is a, what, comedy, mystery, mystery comedy? Um, yeah, yeah. It's, and Robert Downey Jr. is a guy who has to solve a, a crime, but he isn't really equipped to solve a crime, and Val Kilmer sort of helps him, and it's got some great kind of screwball action, it's got some great comedy, it's got good characters, um, and it's just one of those ones that I just never got around to for some reason, you know, I just didn't see it, never got a review copy of it back in the day, and that was always like the kiss of death for me with a movie, if I didn't get it before streaming, if I didn't get a review yeah. copy on DVD or Blu-ray, I just never got around to watching it, because uh, I was like, well, I can't pay for a movie, because I get all my movies I review, them. I get them for free, um, and so... But I know that people love it. It's got such a great fan following. I know you're a big fan. I've always wanted to see it, and it finally, uh, it finally popped up for me, and uh, I watched it, and I loved it. It was great, of course, because Shane Black is a great writer for the most part. Um, we'll we won't discuss Predators, the Predator. Um, yeah, the Predator. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I've now joined the ranks of people who know about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I'm very happy about that. Brilliant. I'm glad you watched it. Glad you enjoyed it. It always gives me the vibe of almost being like a, a remake of a screwball comedy from the 1930s or 40s. Yes. It that kind of thing going on. But I am glad you enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Again, I'm off camera because I'm letting my dogs in. But uh, you can keep talking. I'm listening. Okay. My number three is a film from uh, 2011. It's called uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and based on the, the novel by uh, uh, John McCarry. Uh -huh. uh, 1974 novel, so Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. I, I never saw this when it came out. Obviously, that's why it's on this list, but right. I remember at the time people going, oh, it's boring, it's people it's just people talking. Right. Uh, oh, it's a spy thing, there should be action. But I imagine it's probably closer to what actual spy work is, even though it's probably still other things, but I really enjoyed this, maybe because I wasn't going in with the expectations of action and things, but the cast is phenomenal. Gary Oldman, Colin Firth, Tom Hardy, John Hurt, Toby Jones, Mark Strong, Benedict Cumberbatch, Keenan Hines, Kathy Burke. It's brilliant. Set in the seventies. One of the people in the top uh, at the top of the spy of the spy group of British intelligence. That's the words. Uh, one of them is a Russian spy, but you're not sure who. And a couple of the other spies are trying to work it out. 
but it's so good. I was just, I was just, I love being in, in their company, and it's just paranoia. Who's this? Who's that? And the way the spycraft work, just simple things like putting a little bit of, like, of something in the door when you closed it. So when if if somebody's broken into your house, that would have fallen out, and you can tell somebody's done that. Lots of little things like that, but the performances of these buttoned up British intelligence people full of emotion but they don't let it out because of their job and because they're very stiff upper lip kind of right just types but i i really liked it uh if you if if you've seen it in the back in the day it might be worth a rewatch if you weren't kind of sure but it's uh most enjoyable and i i like the way i was kept guessing I, I didn't quite work out who it was until nearer the about three quarters in when right. I was, but it's uh very good and very enjoyable okay um, it's funny that you say like, you know, oh, I remember people watched it when it came out and they were all like, oh, it's boring and stuff like that. Um, I did watch it when it came out uh, and I thought it was really boring. I'm not going <laughs> to Not a big fan of this film. Now, to be fair, I just want to say, I don't think it needed to have a bunch of action. I mean, that wouldn't have hurt it any, but I'm not, I didn't think it was boring because it didn't have action. I just thought it was boring because it was boring. Like a film can be boring for different reasons. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't think that story needed to be an action packed film, but I just wish it had been more engaging for me. Now, like you said, might be worth a rewatch. I have, I've been very good at recent years and going back and reevaluating all movies that I didn't love the first time around and having a different reaction to them. So maybe I will check it out one of these days, but probably not anytime soon, but one of these okay. days. Okay. All right. Um, but good choice. Good choice. Glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. I wonder whether it's, I wonder whether it's because it's set in the UK. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There could be something to the fact that maybe it's a it's a British sensibility kind of movie, right? And maybe it speaks more to people who are in the UK than people in the US. I don't know. It's, I, um, it's very much now a period drama, obviously. Right. You know, the right. 70s, yeah, because the 70s, oh, I keep thinking the 70s is only, wasn't that long ago. <laughs> it's only 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and let's be fair, though. If we look back at our kind of history of doing the show together, which has been going on now for several, several years, you have... Uh, a better attention span than I do. And and you are, I think a lot of the movies we've disagreed on with the exceptions of things like Big Lebowski or stuff like that are, yeah, yeah. are kind of in the, the slower vein. I think you like those types of movies more than I do. I'm not saying that like you go out of your way for them. I just think you have more patience for them, right? Oh, that's good. Yeah, it could be a good point that actually, yeah. It's kind of slower paced. I tend to be the one who's a little more like, meh, it was boring because I have, you know, ADHD and whatever else. And I, I yeah, think- yeah little more patience for them and can probably appreciate them better than i can so like it doesn't surprise me that you like that movie better than i do and that's it's not a dig i'm not i'm not making fun i'm seriously saying like you just have more patience for those things than i do so it doesn't it doesn't surprise me you know well that's why we work well we we cover yeah. all things right we complement each other nicely that's the word, yeah we finish like, compliment you phil what a nice beard you have thank See? you you? you Mike. What a nice t-shirt. What a nice house you have. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Um, okay. So my number two then um, is Drive, not the overrated Ryan Gosling vehicle. Um, but Hold on. Here's my impression of Ryan Gosling and Drive. Oh, let's let's see it. Uncanny. It's like it's like Ryan Gosling from Drive is right here in the room with me. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so anyway, uh, the drive that I'm referring to is a little known movie from 1997, uh, and it stars, are you ready for this matchup? It stars Mark Dacascos, 
best known for uh, being in action movies and also being on Iron Chef. A weird combination there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it also stars Kadeem Hardison, best known for being in the movie, the show A Different World, the Cosby oh. Show spinoff back in the yeah, 90s, yeah. Uh, mostly known for his comedic roles. Uh, and a young Brittany Murphy uh, is in it as well, oh. um, playing a character named Deliverance Bodine or Bodine. That's a good name. Yeah. Now, to try and describe this movie is difficult. I will read to you the brief synopsis of it from IMDb. <laughs> a prototype enhanced human on the run from Chinese hired hitmen hooks up with a dreadlocked bystander, and the two of them elude their pursuers narrowly each time. Sounds like a winner, right? Yeah, yeah it's got potential. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. This movie is so much fun. I, I'm telling you, it is like... It is the, the Mark Dacascos is a great martial artist. So the action scenes are really, really awesome. Kadeem Hardison is is really, I, you know, is there as the kind of comedic relief, but not in a silly way. Like he's actually, I, I actually, after I watched it, I looked him up on IMDb to see what he's been doing like career wise. Cause I was like, he's actually really good in this movie. Um, it's got kind of a sort of vaguely like semi-futuristic bent to it, but it's not like set like far in the future. It's kind of a road movie mixed with like, a chase movie mixed with just like an all-out balls to the wall action movie where Mark Dacascos just fights against like large groups of hitmen who outnumber him and outweapon him. But it all just works together really well to be like this just great fun kind of cult classic action movie. You know, it's not a big budget, but like it's not so low budget that you're watching it going, oh my God, this is painful. Um, <laughs> I, I loved it. There's a special edition Blu-ray that came out last year from uh, MVD. Um, it's packed with extra features and it's, you know, it's in high def and everything, much as high def as you can get from a 97 movie. But like I watched it and I was like, this thing is fantastic. Like, I'm so glad I have this like beautiful collector's edition of this movie that no one's seen. Um, it's probably hard to track down, although I did see it on streaming a couple of times. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely around. Um, but I'm, I'm telling you, it's one of those movies that, like, like if you remember, like, Jean-Claude Van Damme's Cyborg, right? Like, that film was a much better film than it's it had any right to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of one of those where you just sort of like, oh, this is probably like a terrible action movie. And then you watch it and you're like, this is a surprisingly good, fun action film. I had no idea what I was in for. Um so yeah, Drive from 1997 with Mark Dacascos and Kadeem Hardison. Highly recommend it. So much fun. Really loved it. Oh, that's good, Dan. That's uh, I do like Mark Dacascos. Yeah, he's great in it. Yeah, he was because I always liked him because like Crying Freeman. I remember him being in that, but he was also in John Wick Three. Yeah, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. So that was nice. It's nice seeing him in that. But he was, as you say, he's a great martial artist. Always mm -hmm. had a great, great charisma. Great uh, drive, though. I think I might have seen it back when it came out. It's, I mean, it's possible. I mean, it's been yeah, so yeah, long. Well, it's but it's like maybe you'll watch it and be like, "Oh yeah, I have seen this." Yeah. Um, but if if you haven't, I, I definitely would track it down. Oh, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my number two is another slow talky one, and probably awesome. well, the whole film is just two people talking. Oh god! It, it was uh, my dinner with Andre, nineteen eighty one. Oh okay. Directed by Louis Marle and stars Andre Gregory and Wallace Shawn. Right. Uh, so, so yeah, fictionalized versions of themselves. They basically two old friends meet up at a restaurant. They haven't seen each other for a while, and they then have this deep conversation, uh, talking about different philosophy, historical events, books they've read, and they're both acting. They're playing actors. Uh, so talking about jobs they've been auditioning for, what they've been up to, how they keep going, and that's all it is. It's the two of them talking, and they realize the differences 
between them, but also the similarities. But it goes on these deep dives of, of various weird things. And it's just, it's absolutely riveting. And it's, as I say, it's two people talking. So it's, uh, you need good actors. They both do amazing things with it. Uh, yeah. And for, uh, it's been, the actual setup as well has been spoofed or parodied in, in various things. One that comes to mind is an episode of Community when it's Abed's birthday. Um, they're all doing a Pulp Fiction thing, but Abed just wants to have dinner with uh, Jeff Winger in mm. a restaurant, and it's it's this film that they're doing. But right. it's, I just I just I'd always heard good things about it, but I put it on and sat there, and I was just sucked in with this conversation with these two guys were having, and it's it's absolutely amazing. It's just it's well worth watching. Again, if you don't like it, that's fine, but right. it's just give it a go and see what you think. Right. Okay. You know, I mean, that's a pretty well-known film, right? I think yeah. like, kind of film critic circles, if you will. Um, I've always heard of it. I've never actually watched it. Um, I do like Wallace Shawn a lot, you know, and uh, it does seem like something that I would definitely check out. I, I don't know how I feel about it, um, but I, I've seen movies like that where if the dialogue is interesting enough, you know, it can, it can hold yeah. your attention. Yeah. Um, especially if you have charismatic actors, you know, so I'll definitely add that to my list of movies to check out. Again, it's one of those ones too people have talked about for a long time, so I'm curious about it at least too, you know, so I'll have to check that out. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's inconceivable that you wouldn't like uh, <laughs> anyway, but uh, but you like uh, The Man from Earth, don't you? I love The Man from Earth. Yeah, well, that's just people talking, isn't it? So it's it kind is. of that's what I mean. So, yeah, so it's yeah, it's 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 a good one to uh, to watch, so uh, yeah. Let me know what you think of it if, when you do get to watch it. I definitely will. Yeah, yeah. Some movies with people talking, nothing but talking. I mean, I mean, look, The Hateful Eight by Tarantino is yeah, yeah, yeah. People talking for like three hours. It should be boring as heck, but it's not because he knows dialogue, right? So, not saying that's the same kind of movie as this, but like, you know, there are movies like that that I can get into. So, yeah, good writing and good performances, then that's it's gold. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, all right, good, good choice. I like that. So um, my number one, then, uh, it is it is not two people talking, um, <laughs> but it's not the movie I necessarily thought I was going to pick for number one. But when I was going through them all, it, it was it was kind of the clear favorite. Um, it is from 2016, and it is Patriots Day, starring Mark Wahlberg. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had never seen it before. Uh, it was. Um, it's the story of the Boston Marathon bombing in 2013 and the, the manhunt for the two guys who left the bomb there. I'm sure a lot of people remember it from when it happened. I know I certainly do. I live in the Northeast. We're not too far from Boston. So it was all over the news here, as I'm sure it was all over the country and probably, you know, all over the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was one of those movies that I, I thought looked really good and I wanted to see it. But, you know, it's, it's a heavy subject matter and, you know, I don't really know kind of what to expect from it. But um I'll say this. It's a Peter Berg film. And I think Peter Berg doesn't really get enough credit for being a great director. Like, I think Peter Berg is, um, he's a really great mainstream film director. Yeah, uh, yeah. That makes sense. And I don't think that everything he makes is is gold, but I do think he just, he doesn't make very many bad films. Even something like Battleship, right, which was a big flop. I rewatched it recently and I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Like, it's not cinematic genius, but it's not terrible either. It's an enjoyable film. But Patriot's Day um was amazing i thought like it does a really so it's it's mark Wahlberg is in it it's got a good supporting cast it's got michelle monahan jk simmons john goodman rachel brosnahan and basically it focuses on mark Wahlberg as this cop and and kind of the search for the terrorists but it also tells a few other stories as well a couple of the people who were um injured in the blast a couple of people who interacted with the terrorists without realizing it or you know maybe they did realize it because things went wrong um 
and it kind of you know it follows it all the way to the conclusion to where you know the the, the story ends. I'll say I don't want to give away any spoilers for people who may not remember what happened. Um, but I just thought it was like it was absolutely riveting from start to finish, like seeing what happened it kind of in detail because you know from the news reports you kind of like oh there's a bombing like and yeah, you know, yeah. And, stuff. and it's like this kind of really opens you up to the stories um how they sort of track down the two guys like what they used um kind of forensically and the video evidence and all that was really fascinating mark Wahlberg's performance is is incredible it's he's he's terrific in it and i think berg you know he films like a thriller because it is it's just based on a really horrific real life event um and 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 you'll know, be emotional at the end of it when they go through and sort of do like the here's what happened in real life type of thing and this is what happened to these people and you know you know this is how many people died and stuff like that I and mean, if you don't have tears running down your face you're you got a yeah. you know a stone cold heart uh, I was of course like bawling like a baby we all know <laughs> they make me cry but so it was like this really effective thriller that then also has this really emotional core to it because you know it's based on real life events you know. Um, and I was blown away by it. I thought it was just an incredible film. And it's like, you wouldn't think a movie like that that makes you cry at the end like that is something you'd watch again. I would watch it again in a heartbeat. You know, I, I watched it, I don't know, earlier this year. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'd watch that again anytime, like already, you know, uh, which is to me always the, the mark of a really great yeah. film. So yeah, 2016's Patriot's Day. If you haven't seen it, I think a lot of people maybe skipped it because they were like, oh, it's going to be depressing. You know, it's sad events and, and it is sad events, but man, it's, I'm telling you, it's a riveting movie. And I think you'll, if you watch it, you'll really enjoy it. Yeah. Well, I, I've never seen it and haven't got around to watching it because of the reasons you said. Yeah. But uh, right. I think, that, I think that's just come on stream. I've seen that like a, new releases on one of the streaming services so yeah, i might give that a watch then yeah, yeah watch it as soon as possible i'm, I'm telling you it's, it's fantastic okay yeah i'll do that quick pick uh okay my number one is a film from 2017 it's directed by asham nelms and ian nelms that's okay. all i know about them but all it's right. a film called small town crime and it stars john hawks as an alcoholic ex-cop and a small town america desert kind of town uh and he finds uh the uh, the body of a dead woman on the side of the road she's been left and he's he's trying to well he's alcoholic he's trying to get back some trying to get back his life because mm -hmm. it's all gone to hell mainly because of his own faults and events that happened uh we see flashbacks uh but it's he, he finds this this dead body and he then has a purpose and he's trying to find out what happened to this poor woman and why this happened to her and but nobody wants to help him because he's this alcoholic ex-cop but he he keeps going. It's got a. It stars Clifton Collins Jr., Octavia Spencer, Robert Forster, Katie Lotz. It's got a great supporting cast. But it's it's John Hawks. Everything he's in, he's just amazing. He's such yeah. a good actor, and it was great seeing him in the lead role. And his face, he's got a great face for film. Yeah, yep. it's just yeah. I just I was riveted all the way through. I wanted this this poor guy to just you know catch a break. Right. And it's, as it goes on, it's a noir thriller, so it could end so many different ways. But it's so good. There's a few. There's a couple of good action sequences as well, mm. or shootouts, more like. Uh, but it's it's brilliant, and the way it all comes together, and how he finds it out, and you're trying to work it out. Clifton Collins Jr. He's I love. He's playing a guy. He doesn't normally play this loud mouth uh, uh, pimp, basically. And oh. it's just, He's just over. He's over the top, but it fits for the character and it works really well. And uh, Robert Forster's great, but it's yeah, check it out. It's so good. It's uh, it's one of those ones like you mentioned just before. When it finished, I wanted to put it back on again and watch yeah. it from the beginning, right. but I didn't have time at the time. But uh, sure. 
doing this list made me go, oh, yeah, I want to watch that again. Right, right. Small town crime from 2017. Very cool. Well, first of all, just just for clarification, Robert Forrester is always great. So, yes, he is. You he know, is. when you say that, it's like, well, duh. But yeah. um, but I'm actually I'm really glad that you you put this on your list because it's one of those movies that pops up on the, all the streaming services. It just bounces from streaming service to streaming yeah, service. Yeah, yeah. And every time it shows up on one of them, I put it on my list to watch it. And then when I'm flipping through my list, I'm kind of like, ah, it sounds good, but I'm not really in the mood for that right now. Maybe I don't know. And then it goes away, and I forget about it. So it's good to know that it's good. Like now that I know yeah. that it'll be on my list again. And this time when it shows up, I'm going to watch it because it's always one of those ones. I'm like, well, I don't want to waste time if it's boring or if it's bad, you know what I mean? So it's good to know that it's worth watching. Cause it's, it's always been on my list. And I do like, I love all the people involved, love John Hawks. Um, and it sounds like a cool film. So um, thank you for that. It's great. Yeah, it's good. That's the thing. While I've been over this year trying to get, you know, a film a day, I've been finding myself just going on, uh, you know, on this, if I've been watching stuff that's streaming, which usually I go to the section which says just added or just uh, just added or leaving soon. Yeah. Because yeah. there's films there where I'm going, well, I, okay, well, I've never heard of this one. I'll watch right. this. And just you, you, there are so many hidden gems out there. Half the time, they don't do themselves any favor. They have a lousy poster yeah. or the, yeah. the synopsis that you see is just you going, well, that sounds crap, but I do like that guy or she's good or the director's done some stuff. But if you're making a film, you're getting it released, even if it's low budget, spend some money on making a good poster. Because yeah. when I'm doing live for films, I get sent indie films and they, they send me posters and things, and you're going, oh, it could be a good film, but that's just not going to get anybody interested. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. That's a great pick. Um, Phil, did you have any honorable mentions? Any other films that just missed the cut for the top? Yeah, I've got, a, I've got a couple. Yes, I've got uh, The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Yeah, which uh, okay. was the one uh, Brian Cox and M Emil Hirsch mm -hmm. was a, a body of a woman taken into this small town uh, hospital. She's found at a murder scene. That was really good, really creepy. If you're looking for a good horror movie, that's a good one. And there was also uh, what was it? Well, it was from last year, but so it didn't quite make. But it's that Sisu, that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, the fin Finnish or I believe so Norwegian yeah, the Scandinavian the Scandinavian one basically John Wick in World War Two yeah but yeah. I really I really like that that was so over the top when he uses he gets a landmine and frisbees it at the, yeah uh, at the army but yeah they're my yeah. couple yeah about you yeah. On one uh, yeah I have a couple uh, as well um, both of mine weirdly enough ended up being documentaries go figure uh, okay. which I only like documentaries, uh, but although I do like documentaries about movies, and both of them are about that. Uh, one of them is uh, Empire of Dreams, the story of the Star Wars trilogy from back in 2005. It's been around forever. I think it was like the big documentary they made for when they first released Star Wars movies on DVD. I want to yeah, say yeah. it's about a two and a half hour documentary about the whole trilogy, although about an hour and a half of it is on Star Wars, and then it goes into Empire and Jedi. But I just never watched it. Um, I never had the original Star Wars DVDs when they came out, and the later ones, they didn't have them, and blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's fantastic, obviously. I mean, it's just amazing. It's interviews with everybody you can imagine. It's, you know, it's got so much behind-the-scenes footage. Like, it's just, it was just, I mean, amazing. Um, any Star Wars fan should have seen it or should see it. Um, and I see we just got a comment on that uh, from our, our friend of the show, Jay, who says, I love that. It's awesome. You know it, Jay. It is amazing. Um, so if you haven't seen it, definitely track it down. Uh, I think it's on Disney+. Plus. That's where I saw it. So oh, okay. it's a must-see for any Star Wars fans. The other one, I'm not sure what year it was. I think 20, 
20 maybe, but it was, it's called De Palma and it's just basically a documentary about Brian De Palma. I've seen that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It just, it's, it's yeah. half interview with him and half, it was mostly interview with him, but then it also has a ton of clips from his films. And he talks about basically each one of them and kind of like some interesting stories about making them, or it looks at the cinematography of them or his influences and stuff like that. Um, if you're not a De Palma fan, it'll might make you interested in seeing his movies. If you are a De Palma fan, or like like I am, it's a must see. Um, it's absolutely amazing. I just I was again I watched it like it was a thriller. I was riveted by this like documentary about his films, just going through all of the kind of highlights of all his best films. And he has so many good ones. So those are my two uh, honorable mentions. Okay, good stuff. Yeah, I do like the De Palma one. I think I've seen the Star Wars one, but if it did, it was a long time ago. Well, yeah, and it came out a long time ago in a galaxy far far, far away. away. Um, but uh, it's definitely again worth watching. Worth watching cool. again, honestly. You'll you'll enjoy it just as much watching it again, I think, as you would the first time. All right, there you go. So that is our top five new old movies. Very good, very good. Yeah, good films, good films. I'll check some of them out. Yeah, for sure. Likewise, got something to add it to my list from you recommended. All right, speaking of recommendations, it is now time for our final segment, which is ATE Recommends. What are Phil and Mike digging on right now? Uh, what are the things that we are enjoying, whether it be movie-related, music-related, book-related, game-related, food-related, doesn't matter. You name it. It could be anything. Although, I'm not going to lie, I have four of them tonight, which is more than usual. I have four. I have four. <laughs> All right, we had to keep them a little bit briefer than usual then. But yeah, I was going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or our movie related. So it's like, yeah. well, I'm a creature of habit. But anyway, wow. um, you want to go back and forth then? Keep yeah, it might as well, yeah, yeah. All right, you go first. Okay, well, I'll do the first. I'll do two of them together because it's the same author. Mm -hmm. uh, two film books by John Walsh, uh, which I got sent from Titan Books. They're really good. Uh, Conan the Barbarian, the official story of the film. Beautiful. Which is amazing. It's got loads of behind-the-scenes photos and goes into great detail well worth checking out i enjoyed right. reading that uh the second one i've it's still wrapped up i only got it the other day got uh it's the wicker man the official story of the film again by john That's walsh fun. but if it's as good as the conan one i cannot wait to delve in but it's look at the size of them good coffee table size books you yeah. can really you really see all you know the photos just pop on them it's great i like it all right um well so then I guess I'll do two on my next one um, at the same time. Okay. My first one then um, is, it, it might be considered an oddball, but I don't care because if you know me, you know why I love it. It is Mickey Dolan's new CD, oh, yeah, yeah. Things R.E.M. Yes, Mickey Dolan's lead singer, of the, well, one of the singers of the Monkees, one of my favorite groups of all time, covering R.E.M. songs. I kid you not. It's a real thing. Um, it's a four-track EP. Shiny Happy People, Radio Free Europe, Man on the Moon, Leaving New York. All great songs, all great versions. Mickey nails it. I mean, they're they're poppy, you know, they're they're monkey style, but not overly monkey style. But um, they're great, they're fun. Love him, love the monkeys, love REM. So Mickey covering REM. I had to I had to bring some attention to it. if you haven't heard of it. Highly recommend it. I knew you'd get that. I saw that come up on my Facebook feed, and I was uh, I was going, what? That's that's weird, but it's really it makes sense when you listen to them. It's good. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, this other one is another film book. It's called Spielberg, The First Ten Years. Another oh, yeah, book it's amazing. It goes into detail, Jaws, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, Close Encounters. Yeah, and it's got interviews with Steven Spielberg, people in it. Uh, it's just it's got loads of photos. It also has cool fold-out bits that stuck in, which are letters oh, yeah. that he sent or he received, uh, storyboards. It's just it goes into so much detail. You'll learn things. Even if you you read books about all of them, you'll pick up so much stuff. It's worth getting. Right. 
Uh, well, and then we have another comment from Jay who mirrors my sentiments. It says it's on his Christmas list. Mine too, Jay. That Spielberg book is definitely on my Christmas list as well. So uh, it, we it'd could be a great book to get at Christmas, you know. Oh, yeah. So you once you've opened your presents and then you go, you make yourself a cup of tea, coffee, whatever you're drinking, and just sit there in front of the fire and just spend all Christmas morning just reading it. Oh, yeah. That's why I did last year. I got my Making of Halloween book um, after we were Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And their video games, whatever. I was sitting on the couch just reading, just devouring this book. It was great. Yeah, fantastic. All right, very good. All right, well, I said I'd do two for this one. So my two recommendations are two brand new 4K Ultra HD releases of catalog titles that take me back to my youth, two of my favorite movies of all time. One is Young Guns, uh, Six Reasons Why the West Was Wild. Come on, is that not the best tagline ever? <laughs> Um, and the other one, of course, is The Monster School. Oh, I want that one. Latest movies of all time, um, which no one in my family has seen yet. And we're going to be rectifying that. I already told them, like, when this movie comes in, we're all going to sit down and watch it together. Um, but yes, so a couple of things to point out. First of all, this um, version of Young Guns, it's on 4K Ultra HD. This is a Steelbook edition. It's a Best Buy exclusive, but it's got a real nice, beautiful Steelbook case. Um, got some cool extras. And, of course, the movie itself. Um, I mean, it's just, you know, the Brat Pack. You know, I, people forget how big these stars were back in the day. Charlie Sheen, Keeper yeah. Sutherland, Emilio Estevez, Lou Diamond Phillips, Dermot Mulroney. Like, it was like the Brat Pack all coming together. It was huge. Um, Monster Squad, yes. So, Jay, you you nailed it in more way than one, right? Jay says, Wolfman has nards. Of course, <laughs> that's the tagline from the movie. But also, what's great about this release is not only does I have the film in 4K, but there's a third disc, because it has a Blu-ray also, of a movie called Wolfman's Got Nards. And it is a hour and a half long documentary that was written and directed by Andre Gower, one of the cast members. He made it in 2018, but it was not included on the last, on the Blu-ray collector's edition that came out a few years ago. This is the first home video release that I know of that includes the Wolfman's Got Nards documentary by Andre Gower, the cast member uh, from the film as an adult making it. So that's pretty awesome in my opinion. Brilliant, because I wanted to see that documentary as well. Yes, so exactly. Right? There you go. Young Guns, Monster Squad, both brand new 4K releases. They also have Blu-ray discs in there. Highly, highly, highly recommend them both. Well, hopefully they'll both be out over here in the UK. I need to check. As yes, I would like fingers to crossed. I don't know how that works on those particular titles, so keep my fingers crossed for you. Okay, my last one. It's a graphic novel. It's a Grendel, Devil by the Deed, Master's yes. Edition. Yes. But from Dark Horse Comics by Matt Wagner, Art. And writing, if you, uh, Grendel, if you're a bit of a comic book fan, Grendel has been around for a while. It was a good time, but it's it's a uh, it's an anti-hero. He's a crime boss, a guy who could do everything came easy. He did this, but uh, it then went on and on and spanned centuries. Uh, Grendel Prime in the future, all that stuff. Great design of the mask. Uh, the whole Hunter Rose arc is fantastic. But Matt Wagner decided to revisit it and redid all the art and added more pages. It's now 120 pages of awesomeness, beautiful art. It's more like a, a nov an illustrated novel in that it's not it's not like a standard comic book sequential art kind of thing. It's somebody writing about the life of Hunter Rose, the first Grendel. Uh, and it's brilliant. I've always liked it, but I've loved seeing this whole coming together, the, adding so much more to it. I always kind of like... It always makes me laugh though when it's it's all set. It's kind of realistic because you know it's just this guy who's really good, really physically and mentally on top of things. He gets bored, so he turn, he ends up becoming a novelist and a, a crime boss. And then partway through, it just says, "And then the Wolfman Argent just hunted him down." And you go, "What? Where did he come from?" But anyway, that's yeah. a little bit. But it's I love it. And this new edition is amazing. The art is just pops. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan of Grendel. 
uh, good artwork, good writing, or, and you just want to check it out, I highly recommend this. And it's just hardcover, and it's great. Yeah, 120 pages of new art. I have that book sitting about 20 feet that way. Uh, yes. I just didn't think yeah. to do it for tonight's show, but you probably know, Phil, I'm a massive, huge Grendel fan. Um, have yeah. been years and years and years and years. So um, I was super excited to get this. Haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I'm I'm psyched. It's on my top of my pile. It's so, so. good. So good. Yeah, good choice. Good choice. All right, good. Uh, my final recommendation then is another home video release. It's a chunky one. It is Farscape oh, the brilliant. series on blu-ray um now there's no shortage of farscape um home video releases before this but here's what makes this one special um it is the first time ever to my knowledge at least there is a blu-ray set that includes all four seasons plus the peacekeeper wars miniseries that are oh. happening up. mostly you've been able to get them separately like the peacekeeper yeah. wars dvd and then they would put out the full series but minus that this has all of them they're on blu-ray it's got some new extra features including a whole new retrospective documentary um and it's great i've been watching it been going back and revisiting because farscape's one of those shows i love back in the day but back in the day i didn't watch tv regularly the way i do now it was kind of one of those things we didn't have dvrs and when the show was on and stuff like that so i would watch it i catch an episode here catch an episode there i was <laughs> like i have massive holes in my farscape filmography i don't think i've seen any of even the last season um so now i'm going back and re-watching it start to finish um and it holds up so well i mean it's just such a great show it's so much fun um the 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 puppets are amazing because there's some puppet characters in it the special effects are actually decent you know i mean they're they're definitely 1990s late 90s kind of special effects but like they're solid and they don't they don't take it away from it like some of the old stuff does yeah, yeah um yeah. And, uh, you know, the cast of Ben Browder is great. Claudia oh, he's amazing. Great. Anthony Simcoe is great. Like, everybody's great. It's just, it's a really fun science fiction show. And it makes me think back to, like, as great as television is now, it's like the 90s sci-fi. We had Babylon 5, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and Farscape all happening at almost the exact same time. That's insane to me. You know, some, some of my favorite, favorite, favorite science fiction shows. So Farscape, the complete series. It is the complete series. Literally every Farscape thing ever released in one box set. Highly recommend it. That's a good box set. I do like Farscape. Like yeah. you, I missed lots of it, big chunks, but yeah, I might have to get that as well. Yeah. Brilliant. Some good stuff there. For sure. And I just realized giving you all some Christmas ideas for yeah. stuff you want or stuff you can get for the the the, the geek in your life. Right. And and the quick shameless plug, uh, I do every year a home video slash pop culture gift guide. It's pretty extensive. Um, it'll be coming out really soon on Phil's website, liveforfilm.com. Um, it is massive this year. I don't know exactly how many items I listed in it. It's mostly home video releases, but there's a lot of other fun things like games and some shirts and like accessories and video games and board games, stuff like that. Um, it's got to be I would say at this point, up to 50, 60, 70 items listed in it uh, individually. That's going to be up real soon. Maybe by the time you're hearing or listening to this or watching this, it'll be up. Um, we're recording this on uh, a Tuesday night. My hope is to have it up by this coming Friday. So keep your eyes out for that. Or whenever you hear this this or, or watch this episode, check out Live for Films and see if our 2023 holiday gift guide is up because it will be worth your while, I think. Yeah, and I'll put, I'll put the link in when it's live. Um, places where I can. So I'll be on the Facebook page. Uh, when this is on YouTube, we'll put it on there as well and other things. So, Absolutely. 
And a last minute comment from Jay about the puppets in Farscape saying Jim Henson creations are never outdated. Uh, agreed. Right. They, they do That's hold true. up really well. Um, that is one of the nice things about that show was that the Jim Henson studios did all the puppet puppetry work for it, which is why it was so good. So nice there. Thank you for that. All right, there we go. Some great recommendations. Uh, great top five list. I think even our, our for the endings were pretty good. So I'm going to say uh, for our first time out of the gate in several months, I don't I don't think we did too bad. Phil, how are you feeling? Yeah, not, too, not too shabby at all. It's we've still got it. We've still got it, Mike. We still got it. We got something. I don't know what it is, but we got it. <laughs> Um, all right, cool. Well, I think we're going to try and do this again semi-regularly. We might try and knock out one more episode before the end of the year. Um, whether we do or not, we will be back early in the new year with our top 10 list of our top 10 favorite films of 2023. We do that every year. We definitely don't want to miss that. Um, so we're going to be doing that. So keep your eyes peeled for all of that goodness. Um, and we'll be checking in pretty regularly from here on out as regularly as we yeah. can. So we've got, uh, we've been, we've got like over 200 episodes. Yes, this uh, is 20. Yeah, and you can go back. We've done our top 10 films of the, the first 100 years of cinema. So if you go back, you've got lots lots of after the endings, but also our top various films through a century of cinema, lots of top five lists. Yep. It's well worth diving back into our back catalogue because yep. there's gold in them that hills. That's right. While you're waiting for the new ones to come out, maybe check out some of the old ones. You know what I mean? Oh, and thank you very much, Jay, for the, that lovely comment. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, well, we've been going for a while, so this is going to wrap us up. But uh, thank you, everybody, for, for listening and or watching. It's good to be back. We appreciate you guys sticking with us. Uh, we'll be back again soon with another episode in a couple of weeks, so keep your eyes peeled. But until that time, go one ahead. One moment, one moment. Uh, if we don't get another episode out, have a lovely Christmas, holiday, whatever you celebrate. But have a good one, and have a very happy new year. Yes, happy holidays, happy new year, in case you don't hear from us before then. But look for us again soon and definitely in the new year with our with our big, exciting uh, top 10 episode that we do every year. All right. On that note, then, uh, I will just say thank you very much for listening. Uh, as always, we appreciate it. And uh, I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we'll see you next time. After the ending. All right. We stuck the landing, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> see you guys later. Take care.